Roxo Media House. Are you supposed to be here? Try pulling it harder. Let me in. Harder. Give me one second. Brian! Can you let me in? What's the door code? Five. Did that work? No? Try 21. Come on! Brian! Someone's here to see ya! From the Flying T Studio at Roxo Media House, this is Frogs Today. Featuring special guests, former Frog quarterback, Jeff Ballard. Assistant Athletic Director for Player Personnel, Jeff Jordan. And we'll check in with our roundtable of experts. of the TCU Horned Frogs, Brian Estridge. Welcome back, Ed. Here it's a Friday edition of Frogs Today, which means we're football heavy as always, even with the open week for the Horned Frogs. We're still going to have our roundtable of experts a little bit later on. We'll do a little progress report on where Sonny Dykes' team is right now. Jeff Jordan's going to stop by. He's the analytics coach for the Horned Frogs and for Coach Dykes. And when I say analytics, these guys are all in when it comes to the numbers. But we start our show with one of the greats of all time, Jeff Ballard, 19-2 and as a starter at quarterback here in Fort Worth, joins us from down in Sugarland. You can see him. He's at his brand-new facility for D-Bats, which opens up on Monday. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But, Ballard, good to see you, man. Thanks for hopping on with us. Hey, anytime. Glad to be here. All right, let, let's dive into what's been going on in your war, world since uh, football here at TCU. Everybody still remembers the BYU game when you had to come in for the injured tie gun, led them to victory, and then you never gave up after that, man. You just kept piling win after win after win. What's been going on in your world since those days? Uh, uh, trying to find uh, find what works for me, I guess, after uh, after football, life football. So I have three kids now. Um, I guess 11 year old son, nine year old son, and then a five year old daughter. So, um, so I have that. They, uh, we play a lot of baseball, um, uh, cheerleading, and, and uh, we're fixing to start some, some flag football. So, just family life and trying to figure out what to do next. That's awesome, man. I'm proud of you because it, the what to do next will open up on Monday down in Houston, and that's that D-Bat facility you have there in Sugarland. What a, what a uh, project to take on, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's a franchise out of Dallas, and uh, I know Dallas is huge, Fort Worth is huge as far as the location. But 
it's been a process. Um, I've learned a lot along the way, and um, we're excited. Uh, something my boys can enjoy, something we can enjoy together, and uh, this community down, down here can enjoy. So I'm looking forward to getting open. Jeff, one of the things I know about you is when the lights come on, man, you are a gamer. You were always that here uh, at, at TCU. You you had that reputation of, okay, when the light, you know, it, it, when it's game time, we know Jeff Ballard's going to deliver. When did you realize you kind of had that mental makeup about you? Uh, you know, I thought I had it in high school. <clears throat> and then I came to, to college and, and Coach Winder at the time. Uh, I think he broke that. And then I regained that um, going into my junior year, just uh, taking, uh, uh, earning the backup role and just getting more confident and then uh, having, having Ty Gunn there as well. Uh, but yeah, I, Coach Winder did, I guess, a good job of breaking me down and then starting to build you back up. And then once I got out, uh, played against BYU, realized that, hey, I can play this game. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, guys, you know, took to that and accepted me as, as I guess, the leader. Um, and, and it was great. It was uh, it was a great ride. Um, yeah, I, I've talked to several guys since then, and, and they thought when Ty went down, their season was over, their senior year was over, and just because I had zero experience, and uh, to come in and, and be able to you know provide that to those guys and 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 finish the year out strong was um, was 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 great. You know, Jeff, one of the things that stood out also about your time here was that the game never seemed too fast for you, and and there were big opponents, big games that you played in, it, it seemed like you had terrific field vision. Am I, am I way off with that? You know, I, I, I coach Patterson, um, he wanted the quarterbacks to manage the game and not win the game. That's kind of how our offense was set up for us to drive the ball methodically. You know, we had great running backs, Aaron Brown, Robert Merrill, Monte Hobbs, um, offensive line was great. And, um, and control the clock and, and, and not turn the ball over. And that's what I feel like I was able to do um, is is drive the ball, put our defense in a good position, uh, don't get backed up, and um, and and it was just uh, uh, you know Coach Winder and Schultz both did a great job with the offense they they had at the time, and it, it never I don't, I don't, it never was um, I never let it get to me, and uh, Coach Winder I guess his whole thing was you know I'm going to treat you like linebackers, so whenever you're in front of fifty thousand people. Uh, you're not worried about those 50,000 people. You're worried about me in the, in the uh, press box. So, uh, so yeah, no, I, I give a lot of credit to him. Yeah, with good reason, yeah. Have you had a chance to watch Max Duggan play much in his career? And give me your assessment of what you've seen so far. I, yeah, I like to watch him play. I like, uh, I like the offense they're running now. Um, yeah. It's a little different than the, the option we, we would run it from time to time. But uh, I wish I could be in this spread offense. But, um, no, he, he's definitely a hard-nosed guy, uh, leader. Um, throws the ball great, runs the ball great, and uh, it's fun to watch. It's it's fun to watch the quarterbacks since since me how they progressed and developed, um, and uh, it's it's fun to watch him. You know, Jeff, you would have been good in this offense. So I mean, this this would be kind of tailor made for you when when the, the few times that we would spread it when you threw the football, you were successful. But you were great at running the football, which Max obviously can take off and do as well. Yes, and. Um, uh, Running the ball, throwing on the run, having the play action pass or the, the run pass option, um, and then you know if if nobody's uh, playing the quarterback, I can I can get the yards. Um, so that was something I didn't expect I would be doing as much in college. Uh, I thought that the game would be faster than I was, and and the players were would be too fast for me, I guess. But but I guess I was more elusive than fast, and and so I was able to to make some plays with my feet.
Hey, tell me, have you talked to your boys about your career at TCU, and uh, have they asked you questions, and and how do you talk through that? They uh, they know some more so from others than than for me, um, but uh, I try to try to teach them some of the lessons that I've learned at playing football from Coach Winter, Coach Patterson, um, and try to instill that in those guys. And, and I'm actually helping with my older son's team this year, so trying to help those kids. Mentor those kids, teach those kids uh, right from wrong, accountability, everything that Coach Patterson uh, uh, pressed on us. But um, uh, they, they're big time frog fans. They, uh, college day, they're wearing TCU, uh, all purple. They're up here, we live in Montgomery, so it's a big Aggie town. And yeah. uh, so a lot of AM. But uh, so they stick out with their purple. I love it. I'm glad they're doing that. Hey, one last thing. When you left TCU, uh, you went on and did you? Did you quarterback like Team USA in an all-star game? It, it was a Team USA um, event to where we went and trained in San Jose and then traveled to Japan and played against South Korea, Germany, and then uh, uh, Japan, I guess, in the championship. And what was that like? It was, uh, it was a different experience. Um, John Makovic was the head coach, and it was um, – it wasn't like playing for TCU. You had to pick up a new system, and and you kind of rotated with different quarterbacks, and a lot of Division two, Division three guys, a few Division one guys were there. But uh, um, it was it was a great experience to go to Japan uh, and see the game grow outside of the U.S. Japan has a great team; they run a spread offense, and uh, so it was a lot of fun to watch those guys. and And I think they still do this, but I think more it's more so on the high school level um versus the the collegiate level but um but yeah it was it was it was a, a great experience great last hurrah uh before i hung up the cleats and uh a lot of fun yeah that was going to be my next question did you try to get in an nfl camp or try out with anyone or did you say to yourself hey my football days are on it's time for me to find something else so i uh so i was actually drafted i guess in canada for my yeah. my agent told me uh, um and so i went to calgary tried that out canada is a different game uh, yeah. calgary's a um it was a different place uh, and I decided at that point I'm either gonna make a lot of money doing this or I'm gonna go start my career elsewhere I guess uh, I could have gone to um, arena football I could have gone to France or Italy and played over there but um, for me it was it was let's move on to the next chapter um, and then start the family my, my you know my girlfriend at the time I guess was my fiance probably at that time and yeah and um, so yeah it was uh, it was it was it was bittersweet but I, it was kind of time to move on for me was was the ball different in canada i mean it looks different it looks like it's a little bit longer was it harder to throw uh, it was windier you know a lot windier up in calgary it was cold um i don't recall it being harder to throw but um it was a lot of shorter you know the field's wider the field's longer uh, 12 guys on the field, different guys, multiple guys can go in motion. So it was a different game. I didn't uh, necessarily enjoy, you know, I know there's been some guys that have been successful up there, but um, I think the NFL was NFL for bust for me. And I, I had that shoulder surgery right after the season. And, right. and even if I had a slight chance, I think that was, that was gone at that with that. Jeff Ballard, always one of our favorites, man. Proud of you, proud of who you've become. Looking forward to seeing D-Bats there in Sugarland. Uh, glad you're tackling that, man, in, the, in your next chapter. Best of luck with that. We look forward to seeing you when you come back into Fort Worth. Please text us so we can get together. Will do. Will do. I appreciate it. Great to see you. 
All right, there he is, the great Jeff Ballard joining us here on Frogs Today. Coming up next, Jeff Jordan's going to join us. He's the analytics coach for Sunny Dykes. These guys believe in the numbers. By the way, Jeff Ballard's numbers, they don't lie. 4,204 yards in his career passing, 27 touchdowns, ran for another 736. This guy, almost 5,000 yards in his career and uh, 40 touchdowns, 40-plus touchdowns uh, that he accounted for. Jeff Ballard joining us here. More Frogs Today. Jeff Jordan joins us next after this time. Dave's Hot Chicken is a cult favorite and now has two locations in Fort Worth. Bryant Urban Road on I-20 and Berry Street at TCU. Both owned and operated by Horned Frogs. Mention the Frogs Today show and get 10% off anytime. And order online at daveshotchicken.com. The Flying Tea Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student-athletes. Flying Tea Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying Tea Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student-athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student-athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying Tea Club or online at flyingteaclub.com. Texas-based Happy Water offers the best-tasting, sugar-free kids' drink ever made. Happy Water comes in four delicious flavors that you can find at local retailers and on Amazon. Each pouch contains zero grams of sugar, zero calories, and zero percent juice. Head to happydrinks.com for more information and to purchase Happy Water. That's H-A-P-I drinks.com. Live happy. Be happy. Drink happy. For exclusive interviews and content on TCU Recruits, subscribe now at frogstoday.com. Any sport, anytime. It's your source for all things TCU. Only on frogstoday.com. Welcome back into Frogs Today, and we are honored to have, uh, well, a guy who knows a little bit about numbers, to say the least. Uh, Coach Jeff Jordan's with us right now. He is the assistant AD for player personnel. Did I get that right? That is, that is correct. you got to have an extra long business card to get uh, that in there. Yeah, now if you can figure out what that means, let me know, but anyway, I don't know. Mm. 15 years in Garland as a head coach, the all-time winningest coach there. You spent a ton of time in high school football mm. in the state of Texas. And over the last several years, you, you moved to the college game mm-hmm. uh, on the player personnel side. And for people who don't understand what that is, what is player personnel? Uh, you know, it's it's something that's changed a whole lot since I first started got going. But it's it's basically roster management, mm-hmm. uh, and it's I, I equate it. It's very similar to an NFL GM job mm-hmm. where you're just making sure recruiting coaches, roster, everything is on the same page. And, and that's one of my biggest jobs is just making sure we're all on the same page. Well, good gracious, with the NIL and with the transfer portal, your job just got a lot tougher just making yeah. sure that it's all together, right? 100%. I mean, it's crazy. Even, and this is my seventh season, mm-hmm. uh, seventh year of doing this, but just the amount that's changed in the last two or three years is just mind-boggling. You know, I'm fascinated. I was watching Hard Knocks, and I'm fascinated by the NFL cut down mm-hmm. and how they go through that process and how hard that is not only to do it, but how emotionally hard that is. You don't have to do that, fortunately. No, thank goodness. No, thank goodness. We do not have to do that yeah, part of it. Yeah. Yeah, because, uh, and I know you worked with the Cowboys for years as kind of an in-house scout, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think Will McClay does a terrific uh, job yes. of putting a roster together, mm-hmm. you know, I, if left alone sometimes. But, I mean, he, I, I think he's done. A, he's one of those guys that you look at and go, there's a guy who puts a roster together the, night, the right way. Oh, uh, for sure. And, and we've taken a lot of the things that – 
we that Will brought in when he started doing because you know I'd been there through Dick Mansbridge, Larry yeah. Lacewell, Jeff Ireland, Tom Sasowski, you know that Tom Sasowski, that yeah. whole group. And uh, when Will came in, it was funny. Me and him just kind of clicked on stuff and saw things very similar. And so we've put our program together very similar to what we did those last few years I was at the Cowboys. Okay, in addition to managing that roster, which there's something to be said for that, mm-hmm. uh, folks, if you don't know, uh, Jeff was a math teacher mm-hmm. uh, in high school for years, and so you're a numbers guy. Mm-hmm. I- I'm sitting with Coach Dykes the other night at his coach's show, and we start talking about analytics. Mm-hmm. And-, and I knew that he was big in analytics, and I asked him, I said, hey, when did that start? Do you know the story? Let me hear what he told you. All right. <laughs> he said one of the first things was back in the 70s and 80s, he had a, a, a football game. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like Stratomatic. Yep. But it was lit up with a light bulb. And I, I was looking it up online. He said, I'm going to send you the name of it. Uh, uh, and, and you would place the two cards on there. And all these stats would come to life. Yeah. And, he, and he said, I literally walked into Coach Leach and I said, Look at these numbers. Maybe there's something to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's where his love for analytics you know, really started, that it became a big deal. Yeah, I, and, and I actually had that same game, too. I mean, Sonny and I are close to the same age, yeah. and so we've got a lot of common experience. Yeah, so. but it's well, amazing that, that awesome. even back yeah. then mm-hmm. that analytics were kind of working their way into the game. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the guys that I'd always heard was on the cutting edge of this was Gil Brandt. Am I right? 100%, yes. Okay. And I actually started with the Cowboys in December of 88 when Coach Landry was still there, Tex Schramm was still there, uh, and, and Mr. Brandt was still there. Right. And so got got in and got a little taste of that on, on what they were doing. All right, and if, if for folks who may not know, if we're talking analytics in football, if someone says, what does that mean, what would you say? Um, I think it's, it's using a quantitative analysis. So much of football is qualitative where you look at that guy and I think that guy can play, or you look at – it's fourth and four. Yeah, we need to go for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, where analytics brings in and gives you actual facts, data, numbers to help you make an informed decision. And, and when you have the data, there comes a point where you have to trust the data, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And Coach Dykes trusts the data, right? Yes, that's it, what he told me. Uh, yeah, it's it, and I liken it to uh, a cheat sheet for when you're playing blackjack. Yeah, uh, you know, and if the dealer's got a six and you've got a two. You need to stand to make sure. And every once in a while, he's going to pull a five. Right. And, and you're going to lose. But yeah. you've got to trust that over time, making him take a hit when he's got a six showing is going to end up winning for you. And it's the same thing with, with the down the analytics. You may go for it on a fourth and three, uh-huh. and it doesn't work. But the next time it comes up fourth and three, you can't be afraid to go for it. Where where you really get in trouble, and boy, I'm going to go a lot longer than no, you that, want. No, real, real quick. I want this. I'm the, the very first game in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Colorado gets the ball, they go down, they've got a fourth and one, they go for it, we stop them. That was still the right decision for them Mm -hmm. to go for it on the fourth and one inside our 20. Second period, they get a fourth and one inside our 20, they kick a field goal. Yeah. That was, even though they had missed the first time, it was the right decision the first time, it was the wrong decision the second time. They should have gone for it again. They should have gone for it again. And, And a lot of coaches will get, Buffaloed by it, uh, so to speak, with Colorado. Uh, but they'll get buffaloed by it. Went, I went for it and it didn't work. Okay, this next time I'm not going to. Right. And that's where you can get yourself in a bind. I'm not going to have you open it up because I don't want to see it. But you brought your <laughs> notebook with you that you that you have with you on game day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming that that notebook goes through virtually every scenario, doesn't yeah, it? Uh, yeah, it does. It's 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 really uh, it, it tells you everything that you want to know. They they took every Division One college football game mm-hmm. since 2005. And they've got about 20 points in their algorithm they plug together. And it tells you what you should do 
when it's fourth and three on the minus 42 with four minutes to go in the game and you're trolling by three. And, and, the, and the other thing that it takes into account that you, you told me about when in passing the other day that I'd never heard was that it takes into account who's the better team. Yes. Meaning who's favored, mm -hmm. who's not. You and I were talking about some late game scenarios and other games. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I threw out to you, hey, should they have gone for two there? Should they have gone for one? Mm -hmm. They're at home. I've always heard you go for the tie at home. Right. And you said, mm -hmm. not, not if you're favored. Yep. You know, you, you you win the game, or you know, however it is, you know, yeah. whatever the scenario is. So the other day, other day, Franz go up twelve. Uh, no, go up. Um, what, what we go up what thirteen to nothing? Is that right? No, twelve nothing. We went twelve to go up first twelve nothing. Yeah. Then you went for two. Mm -hmm. Did the book tell you to do that? Now that one's a little bit of a gray area, right? Uh, uh, with that, and, and Sonny and I have talked about this a bunch, and and, and we're both of the belief that. You really don't start going for two until the end of the third quarter. Don't chase, in, the, don't the, chase don't, the points. Because you almost always end up chasing points. And, yeah. and the analytics book actually agrees with that, right. too. In that case, we had a swinging gate that we wanted to work on, we thought would be good, and so that was a perfect opportunity to do it. Right. Uh, really, we should have kicked the extra point. But it was – and that's analytics, and I'm a firm believer in this, too. It's a guide and it's a tool, but it's not a be-all, end-all, because you've got to take in – how the game's flowing, what's happening with it when you make your decision. And it can take into account real-time stuff, too, that may not be, you know, it may not be in the book, hey, my starting quarterback's out. Uh, exactly. You know, or, yep. hey, it's it's snowing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. you know, exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. Sure. Whatever, raining mm -hmm. really hard. we mm -hmm. we, we got to take that into account. Okay, does it tell you, do your analytics tell you when to, say, onside kick? Yes. It, it, it gives you favorable situations okay. for an onside kick. And then at the end of the game, there are very definite time constraints on, okay, if you've got one time out, you know, and there's three and a half minutes to go, you need to onside kick right mm -hmm. now. Whereas if you've got three timeouts, it's got to be less than two minutes to go before you onside right, kick. Right, right, right. And it, things like that. Does it give you any scenario, because we, uh, we saw this on another college game, where you kick in the third, where you're onside in the third quarter or onside in the second quarter. Does it, because I mean, that, that to it, me is a gut thing. It, it is. Now, they are a, they are a big proponent of, Surprise onside kicks. Your success ratio on surprise onside kicks is three times mm -hmm. what it is when it's an expected one. And they highly encourage it because one of the big things they push for is the number of possessions yeah. that you get and making sure each possession accounts. And so anytime you can steal a possession, they're in favor of it. But once again, when you do that, that comes down to your film study and you're looking and, and you get a feel for it. And, and, um, you know, you hope it works. I heard a stance Sunday while watching the NFL. Uh, he's, he's a little bit younger than you, but he went to A&M also. Dan Campbell, who's a coach oh, of, sure. the, of the mm -hmm. Detroit Lions, yeah. that last year they attempted nine onside kicks, by far and away the most in the league. Mm -hmm. They also recovered more than anyone else in the league. Three. Three. Yeah. You know, it's not, not a big number. Right. But, uh, you know, yeah. you know, 33%. Yeah. And that's, you know, for, for, for that, from that standpoint, you know, and you get the risk reward of you, you're losing field position, mm -hmm. but boy, you're gaining an extra possession in that game. That's, right. that's a pretty big reward. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating how deep this stuff goes. Oh though. yeah. You can get lost in the weeds. <laughs> I bet you can. Hurry. <laughs> I bet you can. You also use it though, to show the team other games and scenarios mm -hmm. that have happened yeah. just, just in case you run across something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we do that. Uh, we talk about them as a staff. We'll get together on Thursday mornings, and we'll go through. There'll be certain scenarios that we'll pull out, we'll choose, and to show the team. Yeah. Uh, and then there will also be certain scenarios where we'll talk about 
okay, would we do this? Right. Or what, how would we handle this situation that yeah. you can see somebody else? So it's a great learning environment. It's good. And Sonny, I love to go back and forth, but it's, it's, it's great for your young coaches yeah. and being able to teach them and do that. And then Sonny will take and show the players the scenarios on Friday night at the hotel. Yeah. I, I noticed something was up at the Colorado game because I saw a coach, there was a timeout going on on the field, and I saw the two of you talking, and I mm -hmm. said, there's something there, and and it's yep. the analytics conversation. Yep, and that's, that's yeah, place. we we talk about that a bunch, that's and just awesome. it's it's kind of like being a bench coach yeah. in baseball, yeah. and and we'll just bounce each bounce ideas off, you know, and I'll yeah. go up, hey, we might want to think about this, or Sonny will say, hey, I'm thinking about this, what do you think, and just and it's it's easier for me because I'm not worried about the football part. Right. All I do now is watch the game situation. And, you know, just reminders, hey, we're going to need to go for two. Hey, we probably need to run it here so we can get out of the quarter. You know, just stuff like that. I love that. I'm going to leave with this because, folks, this is another thing that's fascinating about uh, Coach Jordan's job. And I, and I, I still call you Coach. That's okay. Uh, all uh, right. No, it's no, better no, than no. calling him the AAPP. <laughs> the, uh, uh, all right. Uh, if I were to – when you're putting a roster together, say uh, – all right, how many how many guys on the roster right now? Uh, total? Well, no. Or let's say it's an 85-man roster. 85 let's say, let's okay. say an 85 scholarship roster. Listen to this, folks. How many offensive linemen should there be? 16. Yeah. How many D linemen? We we carry 14. Wide receivers? Yep. We carry 12. 12. Yeah. How many running backs you want? Five. Five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, specialists? Three. Three. Mm -hmm. Quarterbacks? Four. Four or five. That was changed a little bit with the portal. Yeah. Because, but usually we're at five. Yeah. There's a number. Yep. There's, there's a number for it. Yeah. There's a number for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Yep. This is fast. I could go on forever oh, with this. Yeah. I'm going to leave that up. I think you and Coach Bowden are going to have a, a detailed conversation at one point. Perfect. That you two may go for three hours. You two get <laughs> talking about it. Uh, and we'll leave that for dissecting the frogs. I want to thank you for coming in here today, though. I was fascinated by this. And then when Coach brought it up, I'm like, we got to learn more about what Coach Jordan's doing. So, Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate, appreciate it. you. All right. We got more to come on frogs today after we take this time out. Say hello to the water of tomorrow, Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain, refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water, and rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain. Save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com. Dave's Hot Chicken is a cult favorite and now has two locations in Fort Worth, Bryant Irvin Road on I-20 and Berry Street at TCU, both owned and operated by Horned Frogs. Mention the Frogs Today Show and get 10% off anytime and order online at daveshotchicken.com. The Flying Tea Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student-athletes. Flying Tea Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying Tea Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student-athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student-athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying Tea Club or online at flyingteaclub.com. Frogs Today rolls home now with the roundtable of experts. Jamie Plunkett's here, Jeff Wilson's here, and via the Zoom live from Boston is David Bowden. Coach Bowden, how are you? Good to see you, face. I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive right into this, fellas. Let's start with the two-week report card. All right, we'll call this a progress report, all right, since we're in the middle of uh, school right now. Coach Bowden, let's start with you. Two weeks in... What's Sonny Dykes drawing? Yeah, I think it's it's really hard to grade because of the fact of who they played, right? I, I you know it's it's tough. Now the good thing is they've taken care of business, unlike 
like a lot of teams in college football right now. Um, so, you know, I, I'd say you can only grade them, obviously, based on what they've done, but say a, a solid B-plus for taking care of business. And uh, and then from there, you know, they, we'll see. But they're in good shape right now. All right, Jamie, in your mind, where, where do you think they are? Uh, I, I agree with Bowden. Uh, also understanding that Dyson make this schedule. The schedule was handed to him in year one. And so that's – he's just dealing with the, the cards that he was dealt. But, you know, I think there's definitely some room to improve. The secondary, I think, has been playing really well. But giving up 17 points to Tarleton State – ask some questions about uh that and and just why why they scored 17 but offensively the last six quarters of play have looked really good max duggan looked excellent on saturday granted it was against tarleton um, but now it's all about building on what they've done to this point and seeing if they can't continue to get better it is impossible to influence jeff wilson so i will say all this ahead of time that's right one is uh colorado you had the rain delay or the lightning delay so you kind of took the thunder out of the start of that game Two is I there was think, no thunder by the way. Well, lightning, right. Yeah, right? Yeah, took the thunder out of that. Yeah. Uh, two is I think Tarleton's better than uh, Jamie and Coach Bowden are giving them credit for. I think I think the quarterback can play. I think the two receivers can play anywhere in the country if they had to. So I'm, I think so. I, I'm I'm saying all this because mm. so, I'm I'm giving TCU an A at this point. Well, where are you? I want your class. I want you to be the professor of my class. Yeah, right. But where are you? No, I, I look at this as a pass-fail course. You know, oh. it's one of those that you're just trying to get the credit for, right? So um, it's an easy class. You don't you don't need to screw up and miss a test and, and get get a get a fail. So yeah. you're getting a P. I'm giving them a pass. A pass. Yeah. Um, they do have things they need to work on. Uh, they they have some injuries now that they're they're dealing with. They they have the week to get healthy, but. Um, after overcoming the the delay and the sluggish start at Colorado, they've, they've been really good. But we've seen how how ungood Colorado is. Uh, Tarleton, despite your praises, is not very good. So uh, I, I just think that uh, I mean, if they were good, they wouldn't have been behind twenty eight to nothing. Right, right, right. Brian. No, I know what so you're saying. It's uh, I'm going to give them a pass though. They're they're trending the right way, and they they have some confidence and some things to feel good about going into the SMU game. Here's what I think. Coach Bowden, correct me if I'm wrong. I watched SMU and Lamar play. I think Tarleton's two touchdowns better than Lamar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do, too. I think they're a quality program. I mean, look, I the only time I've seen pass or fail, last two places, I only two places I know where you get a P is kindergarten and journalism school, right. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, but, no, I, I think that they're a good quality football program. What we said, you know, happened. We said that, look, at any point, they could throw it up to those receivers with a big arm quarterback and, and get down and get the ball down the field, and that's what they did. And and that's, you know, that's the hard part of playing teams like that, where you can do everything right defensively, have the right call, be in position, and they just go and make a play. And, and that's what happened there. So I don't know how much you can really deem from that, um, but I, yeah, I do. I think they're a, a, a quality football program, and they took care of business. And and again, a lot of teams across college football cannot say that as they run into this week. All right, let's switch gears now to here's what worries us. I'll tell you what worries me a little bit. And we saw just a touch of it in the Colorado game. We didn't really see it against Tarleton because they didn't have one. I'm worried that teams are going to be able to run the football on TCU. Jamie and Marone? Oh, I mean, this is a this is a team that gave up, what was it, seven games last year of over 200 yards rushing. And, yeah, it's a new scheme and a new defensive staff coming in, but it's largely the same players. Uh, I think they're a little bit stronger on, along the defensive line this year than last year, and that should help. Adding a third linebacker into the mix should help as well. But, yeah, I think that this is a, a, a defensive run defense that hasn't 
been challenged yet mm -hmm. to this point. We know what SMU did. SMU was one of those teams right. that ran for over 200 yards against TCU last year. So that'll be interesting in a couple of weeks here to see how do they match up against a really good run offense. All right. Anything on your mind that uh, in that category? Well, to your point, I, I, you know, Travi Travis Hodges Tomlinson spoke uh, at the, the the media availability this week, and he. He said that you know the defense still has some things that it's learning and adjusting, but everything feels like it's starting to come together. And the more reps they get, and if, if it's like a read-based defense, try to strip it down and make it simple for the players. Once they figure out their reads a little bit better, that could, will can't can't do anything but help them mm -hmm. do better against the run. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, I think the, the the Colorado runs were mostly the quarterback felt like getting getting out of breaking containment or whatever the football term is coach Bowden but um, that that's to me was where they had their big their big game gains on the on the ground um, but yeah I mean it's this this is going to be a different a different beast uh, against SMU not that SMU is a, a top 25 team but right. they know what they're doing they know what TCU is going to do they've seen Joe Gillespie's offense from Tulsa the past couple seasons so defense, defense sorry yeah. so it'll be it'll be uh, it'll be different I Am I worried about this for no real reason, David? I mean, what do you think? Well, honestly, so I, I'm going to preface this by saying this. Joe Gillespie's version of the stack defense is as sound as I've seen, right, for the stack. However, the the three five three defense is inherently a high-risk, high-reward defense. It, it just is. You're taking a lot of chances because of all the movement. There's, there's, You're always rolling the dice a little bit about having a guy be a, you know, gap too far, getting washed by in the run game. That That's the – when you look at that structure of the defense, that's the downside of it, right? Um, <clears throat> with that said, they do a really nice job staying sound. And so I think you're going to give up some at, at times and, and then be stout and make some, you know, tackles for loss and, and those kind of things. So it's going to be a little different – or actually a lot different than what we've seen – you know, over the last couple decades, you know, with Coach Patterson, obviously, but that's one of the things to keep an eye out on is because, you know, Coach Patterson, the 425 is very sound, give up a little bit, kind of, you know, they have to work their way all the way down the field. You don't see as many big plays, you know, tackles for losses as you do in the stack. So um, I, I think they're in good shape. And, and you know, to, when I look at it, they, I'm more worried about, you know, on the, on the perimeter, honestly. On the perimeter defensively? Yes. Yeah. Just, I mean, you know, again, it was there was a tough matchup, but you, you're going to see that throughout the Big 12. Certainly, you have right. you know receivers that can go up and get it. Um, so you want to make sure that that's something I'm sure is a focus. You know, during the bye. All right, we don't know how much longer it'll be uh, as far as Chandler Morris's injury is concerned, but are all of us in a, a in agreement, or as Jamie likes to say, in agreeance? Are we in agreeance uh, that this that Max Duggan can handle what we're doing for the rest of the rest of the season if necessary? Absolutely, I, I don't see why he wouldn't start against SMU. I know they're I think I think that's the way they're leaning, just based on what Sonny Dyke said at his his media availability. But um, I Max Max Duggan's seen a lot of stuff. Yeah, he has a lot of things thrown at him, and he knows how to handle it. And I would I think it would be uh, just fine if he started all twelve games. Jamie, you okay with that? I'm I'm completely fine with that. I mean, yeah. if you're going to have a backup quarterback, it might as well be a guy who's as experienced as Max. who has thirty starts, thirty starts under his belt, <laughs> yeah. and. You know, I, I they've the team has done a really good job of saying that this is just any other game, but Max Duggan hasn't beaten SMU. Yeah. I think he really wants this one. I'd say. And I think if you put him on that field out there in Dallas next Saturday, he's gonna show you exactly what he's fully capable of. All right, all right about you, coach, from an X's and O's standpoint, anything there concern you? No, I, I don't. In fact, I, I like 
you know, his greediness in a game like this and, you know, somewhere where, you know, it's going to be, you know, they're, gonna, they're coming at him, right? And it's be tough. It'll be a hostile environment. Not that SMU has these crazy crowds or anything, but it, there's no love lost between the two teams. And I think you, you insert a quarterback who's willing to lower shoulder. You know, anytime you can get a, a quarterback that can truck a linebacker in a game, and that fires up your whole team. I don't care. The defensive guys go nuts. So I think it's a, it's honestly it's the perfect game, and a guy like this with a crosstown rival, you know, to to, to fire up his team. Uh, so I think it, it it bodes well for for TCU. All right, he's Coach David Bowden. He's in Boston for a wedding, an Italian wedding. Will they have that famous soup there? They sure will. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know they'll have that, and like I said, about 17 more courses. So right, and some capicola. That's right. Gotta have that, yes. All right. Uh, He is uh, Coach David Bowden, Jamie Plunkett, Jeff Wilson alongside as well. It's been a great show today. Thanks for joining us here for Frogs today on this Friday. Normally, you'd get a prediction out of us, but there's no game this weekend. TCU will not lose this weekend. That's right. That's safe to say. Thank you, Jeff Wilson. Uh, we're back again uh, on uh, Monday with the Sunny Dyke Show. And then, of course, or excuse me, Tuesday with the Sunny Dyke Show. And then uh, Monday, of course, we've got Dissecting the Frogs. Uh, Coach Bowden's going to dive in a little bit deeper into analytics on Monday. Have yourself a great weekend. We'll see you back here Monday at frogstoday.com. Frogs Today is brought to you by the Flying Tea Club, supporting TCU student athletes, and by Richard's Rainwater. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Frogs Today is a production of Roxo Media House. Media House.